we all have the same number of hours in a day. We have the same amount of time. You get to decide what you do with that time. I don't think that time is the factor that actually limits. It's the energy you have to put into that time. Because so many people get home after a day at work and they just flop on the couch and don't do anything. Or they're working throughout the day and mid-afternoon they run out of energy and they can't do anything. It's not the time. It's the amount of energy, the juice, the life that you have to put into those hours that is important. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. This episode is all about energy. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur coaching season. And we've got back Christina of Fresh Print Media. Christina, hello. Welcome back. Hello. How are you? (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) I'm excited to have you back. I cannot believe we are eight episodes into season two. And You've been full-time in your business now for nearly four months. How does it feel? Like, has that flown for you? It's flown for me. Yeah, it's really, really flown. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's weird. It feels weird. Now, four months in, you had the, all this stuff you wanted to get done that work was getting in the way of. Obviously, with four months in, you've completed every project you wanted to and your business is now perfect, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> So so much to do. It never ends. Did you have any of those feelings like I just I need to finish full time employment and then I can get on and everything will be perfect and then it'll be good? Yeah. So it's it's really interesting that we're having this conversation and when we talked about having this conversation, you were talking about like phases and that's how I really felt. So that was the thing. I was like, well, I'm gonna quit and then I'm gonna buckle down and like fix all the things that I haven't been able to fix and my website's going to be perfect and I'm just going to have so much time. And it's interesting that when you have time, it's like when you have extra shelves in your house, you find something to fill them with. So when you have, you know, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, why don't I have time? I should have time, you know? So (laughs) I also kind of felt like there was a little bit of a like, this is exciting. I quit my job. I have so much free time. And like, I was just saying yes to everything. And there were some Mm. things I said yes to that were you know, I made money off them, which is nice. So you can live off that, I guess. But they were adjacent. And there's some that have worked out because I kind of got other photo film work off of them, even though they weren't they're adjacent, but not completely connected. But I was able to like make connections and pitch what I do at those. But like, I was just saying yes to everything for the last couple months. And I traveled, which was amazing. It's great to travel again after not being able. <laughs> we, you know, we got to hang out in Mexico went up to the Bay Area. There's things that were great, but I also was kind of just like, just like enjoying the freedom, I guess. And Mm. then I'm like, okay. And then I was also pretty busy with projects I already had or stuff coming in. And I think what I imagined is that I would quit and then I would have a really slow month where I would like patch everything together and create organization for myself. And that never happened because I was just like, 
woo, the world is awesome. Look at all these opportunities. I'm vaccinated. We can do things. Um, <laughs> so, so now I feel like, yeah, that's, there's a shift where I'm like, okay, how can I create a little more structure so this is a little more sustainable? And I feel like I'm getting those things done slowly but surely that need to happen. So what happened with the shift? Because you said last week was, was last week the shift? That's what happened? Or was it, has it been happening before? The shift started like end of May, early June, when I just started realizing I'm like, oh, I'm still in this like slapdash. Like sometimes I'm like so much going like, I was like, why am I still like editing at night? And like, why do I, you know, why am I still like on these crazy deadlines and turnarounds? I mean, like I'm like, I'm the one that set them. Like, why am I setting myself <laughs> up for this like disaster? So I just kind of said like, yeah, I have some projects that were coming in or due in June. And so I just said to myself, like, I'm not going to say yes to anything else for this month. If someone really wants to work with me um, on a project, then we're going to schedule it for July. I'm just going to take the rest of this month, wrap up everything figure out like the password to my website, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> get organized. I did get a new computer because I was having some issues with just the speed of the old one and not being able to efficiently work. So I, I've been kind of doing, I guess, some housekeeping. I started to block out like a routine for the week. And like, so moving forward, shoots are going to have to be booked on certain days, unless it's a something that's like an event dependent. But for the most part, I'm going to steer everything into specific days. And it just it kind of was like around the NMA beginning of June, I was like, why am I still feeling like really like I want to I want to build this so it's more of a sustainable pace. And I think it's only in the last week or so, though, that I've like wrapped up all those projects and actually been able to then look at the those kind of housekeeping tasks. So I think this, like what you're feeling goes on in normal life. Katie and I have been through it in so many different ways. I've had the same thing in my business. In our personal lives, we had this thing that seemed to repeat of, we're not seeing anyone very much, so let's fill all our weekends. Mm -hmm. Then we filled all our weekends and then we're absolutely exhausted after about two months of seeing everyone going out everywhere. And then we're like, we just need space. We just need space. So we book nothing in weekends. Yeah. And then after two months of not seeing anyone, we're like, we need to see people. And it was like a repeating cycle of fill up and calm down, fill up and calm down. And we've had the same thing in retirement, retirement in quotation marks, yeah. of like we organized this thing in Mexico where we saw people for a month and a half and we spent the next three weeks with friends and we weren't getting on top of things. And now we've come to Bogota in Colombia and we've got lots more space and we're slowly getting back on top of stuff. And I think it'll always be that way where you go in phases of saying yes too much and then going, oh, I just need to get on top of this. I can't breathe. Yeah. I need to get on it. Uh, and then you calm down because you, you know, you have a few good sessions, you think it through, you get on top of it, you send the emails, you get back on it and then you go again and you say yes to some more stuff. And I think that's a natural thing. The scheduling that you're planning on doing will definitely help calm that down. And you only have so many gigs you do each month. That will enable you not to say yes to everything. Because I yeah. know, well, I'm just like you. When I when my business started taking off, how can you say no to business? Yeah. Like 
People are offering you money. They're offering me money to do stuff I enjoy. Yes, give me everything. And then I realize I'm actually doing them a disservice and me a disservice because I just can't give them the quality because I've taken too much on. And it's affecting my sleep and health. So there is a balance. And it sounds like you've been living that balance for the last couple of months. Yeah. Just, yeah, that I feel like I've been tending towards the over the the too much and the yes and the over booking and it's it was fun and exciting because I was like oh wow this is the first time in forever that I have the freedom and also the world's opening up a little and so there's actually things to do um, so it was really exciting and fun and I'm I you know I'm not mad about it I'm like okay I want to like be intentional and like just be aware of that and seeing you know, ahead of time, be like, okay, am I getting a little out of whack? Is this too? I think being able to identify it like helps to create parameters. So what was the cost of saying yes to everything in the way you felt in your energy last week? I think the cost was, uh, you know, I, I think if you look at purely finance, I think sometimes we say yes to things that like you're like, oh, it's I'm being paid. But you're like, okay, it's a short term paycheck for a certain amount when really just doing uh, this other stuff, even though I don't see an instant return on it, will in the long run make me a lot more like the cold outreach and the marketing for those like bigger jobs. Doing a lot more work there, like you don't see a return right away. You like have to trust the process, but it's at the end of the day going to make you more than the short term thing, which used up all your energy and maybe annoyed you a bit and (laughs) just that. So um, I think from a financial end, and again, you know, I'm not mad at it. I think it's all, these are experiences you have to go through. From an energy point of view, it definitely, you know, energy is not, you have a fixed amount. So I think sometimes things, especially if they're adjacent and they're not exactly like in my creative field, they use energy or things that are like out of the box where you're like, well, I haven't quite done this before, but it's interesting and I want to try doing it. It uses up your energy and then because you have to figure out how to do that thing and then you don't have the, the creative energy to do the stuff you want or need to do. So I think there's a there's an energy cost and I think that's the most important thing because we can't get that back. We can't create more. You know, We can take care of ourselves and try to have the utmost energy, but you can't go. I can't go buy it in a store sign up for a <laughs> sign up for a shift or something despite what they advertise with the five hour energy drinks that you can buy yeah. at the till uh, there is a significant cost to those things later on as well so this is the bit i've begun to realize over the years i used to have endless energy christina i would bound around like a, a puppy <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of energy <laughs> And I've worked on that. I go to the gym. I work out. Normally, I eat healthy, although Mexico was a low point with a lot of cheese and I've got a little bit of fat and that's affected my energy. Here's the thing I've realized. We talk about time, time being the most important asset. What I've actually realized is most people have spare time. They don't have the energy to put into it. So if you look at entrepreneurs, they get home at night, they've been working all day and they're exhausted and they have no energy for their kids. They have no energy for their partner and they flop in the chair and just, yeah. and they just, there's no energy left. Or you look at people who have a full-time job and they're trying to do their side hustle, but they've worked all day. They come home, they've got no energy to do the side hustle and they just plop 
into the couch, into the sofa, and it's the energy. And I find it, if Katie and I go out and spend a good couple of hours, like we like to start early, we like an early breakfast. Ideally, we're out in a cafe somewhere with a swanky coffee, working for a couple of hours at 8am. By 10.30, my noodle is baked. My brain is gone and I need to walk, I need to rest, I need to recover. We can do a bit more before lunch. But then if I've not got things right, if I've failed to get my nutrition right, if I've not slept the night before, I'm out of energy for the rest of the day. And it's just, I can't do the creative stuff like you said. So actually, I think the one primary thing we all, everyone listening to this, you, me, everyone has to spend is energy. Yeah. The question is, what do you want to spend your precious resources on? And I'll add one small piece to this. There are some activities that you end up with more energy afterwards, and there are others that suck the life out of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's you've true. found a few of those in life. Definitely agree. So from what you've done in the first few months, what gives you energy and what takes energy? I think the main things that give me energy, you know, aside from obviously like healthy eating, et cetera, are things that like feed my soul, you know, creative stuff. Like I love when I'm creating a little set design and setting that all up, um, you know, and it looks really cool, comes out cool. Like it like hypes you up, you know, you're like, Ooh, look what we made stuff like, you know, music working out, you know, it, it really, I guess, fuels you. And uh, with, with stuff like, you know, with four hour, five hour energy form, I downgraded it to four hours, apparently. Um, <laughs> things like that. It does give you like physical energy, but that's a different thing than mental energy. Like I could take that and I could like stack bricks all day, but that's not like taking that's that's not a creative thing. I think when we're like working on specific things and creating and even if it's not like a creative like arts and crafts creative, more like. I need to write an email or a document and put this together. It's just that like creative ability to like, you know, the mental energy of, of it all. We'll come back to this in a second, but here's the exercise I would like everyone listening and you to do, Christina. Before we speak next time, I would just like you to make a note each day. It only needs to take like 60 seconds, two minutes of what during that day gave you more energy and what took the energy out of you. Because over the next two weeks until we speak again, it'll be interesting to see the patterns of what lifts you up and what drags you down. And there may also be a who element that appears in this, which is very interesting to play with. <laughs> but if we can start to spot those patterns, we can start to do something about it. If you've got activities that suck the life out of you, those are the ones that might need to be outsourced. If you've got customers that suck the life out of you, those are the ones that might need to be handed off to someone else whilst we search for ones that lift you up. Because everyone listening to this now, what I would like you to do is imagine a customer that you love working with. Imagine one of the customers that you know you speak to and it's just easy. After you've had a 45-minute Zoom call with them about the project you're working on or whatever it is, how do you feel? Good. Excited. Excited for the project. Happy Makes me just want to do them. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, after I speak to you, Christina, how do, we, how do you think I feel? 
Hopefully good and like you want to do stuff. (laughs) I'm like full of energy because I'm like, I've helped Christina. She's given me energy. I feel better and it just makes me want to do more. If season one had not gone well and I was sucked of energy, we wouldn't be doing season two. Um, (laughs) But now imagine a customer that it's just like a customer it's difficult to work with. So everyone listening, I'd like you to do this as well. Imagine a customer that's difficult to work with. You've just struggled to make the projects work. You've struggled to get understanding. After you've done a 45-minute Zoom call with that person trying to figure out the project, how do you feel? Frustrated. Drained. I want a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stress eating. I do that too. It's like that meeting was dreadful. Pass me the cookies, pass me the bad food. And what does eating a bunch of sugar afterwards do to your energy? Well, you feel bad about yourself and then you crash. (laughs) And it just compounds the lack of energy. So it's like a spiral You have a bad meeting, the energy goes bad, you make some decisions, you don't want to do work, you feel guilty for not doing the work, you eat some bad food, you feel guilty for eating the bad food. The fascinating thing is we feel bad about feeling bad. It's like, I shouldn't be feeling bad, but I'm feeling bad about feeling bad and I'm guilty about feeling guilty. And it just gets worse and worse. How productive are you for the next two or three hours? Not at all. Maybe the whole day. Maybe maybe you let it bleed into your whole week. Mm-hmm. That's happened before. Yeah. I've had one of those clients early in the week and then it's a week write-off. Now I try and do things that set me back on a good path. So if I've had a bad meeting, instead of reaching for a cookie or a biscuit, I go for a walk and or I like <laughs> go to the gym, fight someone. Like if Simon was here, I'd <laughs> wrestle him because that always cheers me up. But I do something that tries to change my state positively rather than something that will change my state negatively that drags me down. The fascinating thing is the cost of a bad meeting, a bad client, and it's not that they're bad. This this sounds wrong. It's not that they're bad. It's just that we don't mix with them. We have different ways of operating. They have different goals. We can't understand each other. For whatever reason, we haven't got the root of it. I've had I'm sure they feel the same way about me when I've had these meetings. Like, oh my, do I have to do this again with Alan? And it just doesn't work for anyone. Sometimes it's better to end those as quickly as possible and focus on the ones that lift you up. Focus on the things that do lift you up. And I just, energy is the only real resource. Like, we've all got the same amount of time. The difference is the energy and the life and the juice and the soul we put into that time. So if something's sucking the life out of you, kill it quick. (laughs) (laughs) I do have one of those. I have a client I'm going to fire this week. I'm not sure how, but we're going to do it. Well, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Like, how do you fire a client? How do you go forwards? I think how I've done it in the past is just soldier through, try and get it done and then leave. And that's not always the best way to deal with it. What I've learned as I got older is to tackle things up front. And if the meeting isn't going well, I will actually say in the meeting, this isn't going well, is it? And it's really interesting when you call it in the moment and people go, no, not particularly. (laughs) Well, what should we do about this? Um, (laughs) What's going wrong? What can we do? And we have a chat about it. And it's really interesting when you call it 
it's fascinating because people will go, yeah, I'm feeling the same. Or they'll go, actually, I wasn't feeling that at all. I think your work is fabulous. And then you go, really? That's not the impression I got. You told me I'm rubbish the whole time. In their head, they're thinking it's great. So my new approach, 40-plus-year-old Alan calls things in the moment. Late 20s, early 30s-year-old Alan would avoid it at all costs and just let it carry on and it would affect his energy for weeks or months, depending on how the project Yeah, it's like a little rain cloud over your head. You're like, this thing's pending. And like, I'm of the soldier through variety, probably like, I'll just finish it. Well, and we'll poof, like, but they're not even sending me the things that I need to finish things. So it's like, it's an impasse. So yeah, it's like, it's weird how it like sits over you and you're like, oh. And what does that do to your energy? That rain cloud that sat there in the back of your mind. It's depleting, you know, it's just like, it's just kind of this like, it's like a little like a sad gray cat and it paws at the back of your mind every so often. And you're like, oh, that thing's still sitting there. We need to get rid of it. We need to tackle it as quickly as possible. And if you're listening to this and you have a sad gray cat in your mind that's pouring at you for attention, we need to deal with that thing. We need to put it out of its misery. Give it to someone else to feed it and look after it because it's not the right cat for you. How far can we stretch this analogy, Christina? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) but it's really fascinating there are clients that lift you up there are people that lift you up my business partner simon he is someone that lifts me up if i spend an hour and a half two hours on the phone to him i leave charged buzzed positive about the future craving getting on with things alive and crackling with energy and there are other people i just i don't share stuff with them anymore I don't even speak to them, Christina. I I just can't. It's not worth the cost to my energy doing it. And I'll give you one example, um, (laughs) because this is a generic example without naming individuals. I've got to be very careful with this episode. Yeah. Uh, I went to a national government conference for helping people back to work. And as I arrived, everyone was in gray suits. And I was in jeans and a polo shirt. And the energy, I don't know if you've had this. Can you you go into a place and you just feel the energy of a space? You just, like, almost as soon as I got in there, I was like, I need to leave. Yeah. And I stayed. I sat through a few talks. The talks tired me out. I felt like this was a world I should be in, but I also felt like I wanted to run away from this world. I felt like I had something to offer, but I it just... I struggled. And after about two hours there, I rung Simon and said, Simon, I can't do this. I can't do this. And he said, Alan, you have my permission to leave. And I actually needed his permission to leave because I was forcing myself to stay at a cost to my energy. And I would have been better off leaving and making phone calls, sending messages, writing emails, doing anything other than that. I just, I couldn't do it. And sometimes you need permission to let go of something that is taking away your energy. So if you're listening to this, Christina, you have permission to let go of things because there's this strange thing in society that we must follow through at all costs. Never give up. Follow through at all costs. Doesn't matter how much it hurts. We will get it done. Life doesn't always have to be like that. 
we can yeah. say this isn't working. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And if you're listening to this and you need permission, you can message me. I'll write you a permission slip. Because I've <laughs> I've been in that place where I literally need someone else to tell me, no, it's okay. It's okay. This one can't be won. Just let go. And sometimes they can be won. Sometimes they can be turned around. And I do think it is important to tackle them like head on. So this particular client you're thinking of, the gray cloud in the back, the gray cat in the back, like just tackling it and speaking to them and going, look, this isn't working for either of us. Yeah. Like that's kind of just going to call out what is going on. And if the end of the conversation is you need to be free to go off and do what you're going to do and I need to be free to go off and do what I'm going to do, pay me for what I've done to date, we'll move on with life. And then like, or it could be like this project is, doesn't, I don't feel like it's working for you. Do you want to change? Do you want to start again? Should we just like stop here and start again and see if we can create something better for you? Because I don't feel like it's giving you what you want, is it? And it'd be really interesting to have that chat. Once you've had that chat, you have complete permission if it doesn't go well to just get the hell out of there. Run. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. I need to have that chat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's on the docket this week. I think where we're going with this and what's important is what increases your energy and what removes your energy. Because mm -hmm. there'll be certain things that leave you buzzing, set you flying, you get stuff done, you feel good. And there are other things that drag you down. And you don't know which it's going to be until you've had a go. So you've got to try stuff, you've got to have a go, but then we need to notice it. So the homework for everyone listening, including Christina, is what lifts you up and what drags you down. What gives you energy? What takes energy away from it? And I want you to be specific because there is a danger of gross generalization here that says Zoom calls suck the energy out of me. Well, is it all Zoom calls? Is it? Because yeah. sometimes they can be fun. Depends on the yeah. person, depends on the energy. And gross generalizations can actually trap us. So the specificity of it was at this time of day or it was after I'd eaten this food <laughs> or I didn't sleep that well the night before, or, you know, I had an argument with someone or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But or it's it was the a really boring meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it was a really, really boring meeting, which does happen. So what percentage of your work at the moment do you think lifts you up, Christina, and what percentage drags you down? I'd say the majority of my work lifts me up, I guess. Well, are we including everything? So I guess project-wise... I would say 90% of it lifts me up. I'd say day-to-day task-wise, that's where it drags me a little because sometimes a little monotonous and not very interesting. And I'm always trying to make it interesting, but you can only do so much. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like Instagram is one. Like doing Instagram posting consistently is just a nightmare. So I do pay someone to assist me with that, which has been a great great thing. And so I'm hoping to soonishly maybe have her or someone else take on a little more of those tasks that I'm bad at or that kill me. <laughs> so does Instagram bring you any business? Yes and no. It works for me in two ways. It's like a living portfolio, especially since my website hasn't been super, super up to date. It's been a good way to message and connect with companies so I do get people that find me, and especially as we've talked about 
in previous episodes, like digital life and being more, I've applied some of the same thoughts to my Instagram as far as updating what my profile says so that I'm actually showing up. If someone's looking for photographers, like I have a better chance of like popping up. So I've applied some of the same kind of ideas that we have talked about with Google My Biz to Instagram. And so that's a, a process, but it it works for me in two ways. I think that eventually, you know, I will get more clients off of it, but it's also been really great to use as this like living, breathing portfolio. The reason for asking the question is quite often in business, we have these shoulds. I should be on Instagram. I should be doing Facebook. I should be doing this. And I always like to ask, is it actually benefiting you? And it sounds like this one is, but there's some things on your list of stuff to do that are shoulds mm-hmm. rather than actual benefiting you. And I guess the shoulds, I would take off the list and put on the someday maybe yeah, and strip it back to the things that are, this will directly build my business. This I'm excited to do. And actually you have options in marketing because you can win customers in so many different ways. You can send out cold emails, you can do calls, you can do Instagram, you can send out messages through Facebook, we can do the Google My Biz stuff, we can work on your website. There's so many different things you could do, and they're all important in quotation marks, but like you can choose which way to win business. And I remember very early on in my business, I went to, this, I went to two mentors for help. One told me the only way... And he was very strong in this. The only way to win training business is to do cold calling. You know, there's no other way that gets you straight through the decision maker. Cold calling is the way forwards. You're wasting your time doing networking. That's what everyone else is doing. You're wasting your time doing all this other stuff. And I went to see another business mentor who said, the only way to get training business is through networking. Everyone else is cold calling. They have farms of people cold calling. They're all doing that. You can't stand out that way. The only way to do it is networking. I spent the next two to three weeks doing nothing in a quandary of what do I do with my life until I realized that it's what fits with your energy, your personality, and what works. And I've won a huge amount of business through networking, and I've won some business through cold calling. And At certain times of my life, I'm better at different ones. Now I believe cold calling is far more direct and I like to make phone calls because I actually speak to people. But in the past, networking has been far easier for me. I actually get to see someone face to face and chat to them and make friends. And I think there's no right or wrong answer. The only way you lose is if you don't do anything. Yeah. The way to win is to choose the one that excites you and get on with doing it. So there are options. So if we look down your list of things and we go, what will give you energy? What excites you? What could be fun? Let's focus on that. The only caveat is don't use it as avoiding the work that really needs to be done. But if it's a choice between two activities that will bring pretty good results either way, pick the one that lifts you up. I'm going to be honest. I have not done any of my video marketing outreach. And really it's because of all that, because there was like so many Oh, I should do this, should do that. And then I just didn't do anything. And I think also I had this fun idea for it, but I was had to get supplies and it's turned out, it was like, I overcomplicated things. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, I just made peace with like the last week about like, you overcomplicated this. You're not going to get this done the way you had in your head. Like just 
simplify it. Just do the video, like maybe with a background or something. But like, let's just I was going to like build this whole like little set and like be like, oh, did, like, you know, really cute. But and that maybe one day I will. But I'm like, OK, I just need to get moving on this instead of overcomplicating things. <laughs> Thank you for being honest about not yeah. doing the LinkedIn videos. That sounds like it's been on you because it's been four or five weeks since we spoke to yeah. Patrick about the LinkedIn video strategy. Sounds like that's been preying on you a little bit as well. Yeah, well, I had this idea of what I was going to do. It was going to be really cool. And, and I had it involved buying paint and large boards at Home Depot and then cutting them. And then I went to Home Depot and I didn't have a big cart and I didn't have bungee cords and rope and I couldn't find matte spray paint and oh, I had a no. meltdown and I just bought a bunch of plants <laughs> instead. So. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all yeah. been there when we go to the shops and nothing you want is there. It doesn't go right. <laughs> I remember very distinctly in one shop just sitting on the floor for a minute because nothing, nothing I wanted to do was going yeah. well and I just sat down for a while. It happens yeah. to all of us. It happens. Yeah. So and then I finally found paint the next week, the correct paint. And then I talked in the, one of the contractors I've worked with in the past. I talked him into bringing me these boards from Home Depot <laughs> on his work <laughs> truck. So it was kind of turned into a process. And now, now I have the boards. And so I did, shot a project last week that I needed them for as well. So I did start cutting them up. And that turned to be a lot more difficult cutting these things than one would imagine with certain saws and whatnot. I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to abandon my intricate idea and just be simple and do simple. I love that. Sometimes you do need permission, especially when you get this sunk cost thing coming in of I've already got the boards, I've already got the paint, I've done all this work, my sunk cost, I've spent money, I've spent time. Actually, you just need to let go and do a video. And I think the expression from the Rebel Business School that Simon and I always repeat is done is better than perfect. Mm. And Simon's the perfectionist out of the two of us. And I always drove him mad because I would just do things and then release them with spelling mistakes. <laughs> uh, but they'd be done and I'd win clients before we, he would even have spelt something correctly. And it drove him batty and he would have to run behind me fixing all my mistakes. Yeah. Well, you can always go you, back and fix the spelling. So. Exactly. Like people are going to hate this. If you're a grammar Nazi and you're listening to this, I don't really care about spelling. I care about getting it out into the world and making sales and making the world a better place. And if it has a few spelling mistakes in it, then never mind. And the grammar people will say, well, they won't take you sensibly. They won't take you seriously if it has spelling mistakes in it. Well, some people won't but I will have already won customers and done is better than perfect. And we're never going to have the perfect setup. We're never going to have things. We just have to do stuff. And I know exactly what you mean because things get in the way for me sometimes. I'm like, I want this to be this way. And I have this vision in my head of how it will be. And then I struggle to make said vision come true. And eventually I have to just let go and just do what I can. Yeah. Some people call me slapdash for doing that, but... I tell you but, what, I, mean, look I built what you've a million pound done. business doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. So what else is stuck there on your list looking at you going, <laughs> you should be doing me, but you've not done me. Why not? I think I think anything that I've overcomplicated. The, the videos was a little one that was like hanging over me. And then that, because like I said, I over 
overcomplicated the whole thing. And then that stopped me from really doing a lot of anything in the marketing realm. I mean, there's a lot of shoulds that I'm trying to ignore. You know, some people that do what I do are on Pinterest and here and there. And I'm just like, it's not something I've on. I use it for, I use it for like storyboarding, like planning up shoots sometimes to pull images to, for planning, but I don't really, I'm not a big user of it. And it would just be a whole thing I'd have to get into and learn and figure out. And then that's another one you have to like consistently either you have to be scheduling pins or pinning them. And I was like, okay, like maybe someday, like I'll add that in. But right now I'm just, I can't really handle that. <laughs> I love that. That's a fantastic decision. And I would actively take it and write it on the someday maybe list because that yeah. allows your brain to go, okay, I've written it down. It's comfortable. I can take it out of my brain and I can let go of it. And then I can focus on the other stuff. If it keeps coming back to you and every week you think I should be doing Pinterest, you're holding on to it. It's taking a piece of your energy. It's taking away from you making progress. We need to find a way of helping you to release it. Like, I don't know, put it on the someday maybe list. Tell someone that you'll get back to it. Stick a calendar reminder for six months time so that your brain is comfortable. In six months time, you will think about it again. And yeah. until that point, you won't think about it. So in six months time, I will think about Pinterest and I will make another decision. Yeah. And then at that point, you might go, I'm going to push it out six months and that's okay. Or you might think I'm going to get on with it. But you need to do whatever you can to get it out of your brain, to get it away from your energy. Because every one of these shoulds is taking a little piece of your psychic energy away from doing what you really want to do and having fun. I agree. So what can we do to help you? have the best week this week because it's now monday what do we need to do to help you have the most fabulous productive fun engaged week where you feel on top of the world i think i mean just being aware of the energy is a big help in general already being aware of what is good and what isn't i think the permission to do things simple or imperfectly but just do them you have my permission, Christina, to do things imperfectly. <laughs> done is better than perfect. Let's just get a few things done, feel like we're making progress, and then we can refine on the way. Oh, and also I want to let go of this client because that'll be a huge, <laughs> huge thing for me. <laughs> How are you going to do it? That's a good question. There are some things um, that are breach of contract that I'm going to point out because we've already had meetings and we had like, this is, oh, well, you know, there's there's things that are in the contract that they've continually done the opposite of or or not listened to. So I'm going to bring those up. I have someone. This is actually not even a photography project; it's a website project. And after this, I'm I'm not doing them anymore. I think this was the last one. But I have someone that I was like, if people still come to me for them, I'm going to give it to them. So I think what I'll do is I'll be like, clearly this isn't working. You know, it's been four weeks now that you haven't, there were certain assets they needed to send me to finish this project. And um, it's been we, every week me going, hey, I still haven't received these from you. And I'm like, look, it's four weeks now that you haven't sent over what I need to finish. These are the breaches of contract that have continually happened, even though I bring it up. And here's someone I think might be a, a good fit. You know, I think that this website is functional and it works and you're using it. So, you know, I'll keep 
the deposit, but I'm not going to bill you anymore. Here's someone that you can use to help you finish up those things that if you, if you so wish to, <laughs> at this point, it's been a month. I, it's like, are you that invested in fixing these things? I don't know. So I think I'm just going to try and like, you know, lay that all out. One small thing is as soon as you use the term breach of contract, what's that going to do to the other person? I probably won't use the term breach of contract because it sounds scary. <laughs> if you came to me and say, Alan, you've breached your contract, I'd be like, uh-oh, are you going to prosecute me? Are you going to sue me? What's going on here? And they're quite scary words. So I think softening the language. Like, yeah. Like as the, you know, like per the parameters that were set out, you we'll continually just, don't do this thing or do this thing. Yeah, I think it's just like, look, for four weeks now, I've been waiting for the stuff I need to finish it. I don't think it's coming. Tell me <laughs> what's stopping you finishing this and just like listening to them for a second and then going, well, okay, like it's just not happening. I don't feel like the project's working. I need to move on to another project. I'm not going to charge you any more than the deposit. I can suggest some other people you go to, but I think we should part ways here because this just isn't working for either of us. It'll be very interesting to see how they react to that. I mean, if they do. <laughs> well, they might say, I agree. Perfect. Thank you very much. And then they're yeah. released to go and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Now, when are you going to tackle this? Uh, I'm probably going to look at it today and start drafting up something. And, and I'm going to talk to the person that referred me to the job first as well, because I don't want her to, I don't want her to be blindsided. I, she already knows I'm, I'm frustrated, but I don't want to like, you know, torpedo that relationship. I want to give her a heads up. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. One thing I would say is I would say, don't do it in writing, do it on a video call, do it on a voice call, speak to them, putting that stuff in writing. I can imagine getting an email like that myself. Uh, it's just going to wind them up. So I would just do it on the phone. They can say what they want and then you can go from there and you can put something in writing afterwards that says further to our call, I'm keeping the deposit for the work done already. I'm releasing you from the rest of the contract because I haven't got what I needed to do to complete it. You can do that afterwards, but do the call up front. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I still, I'd need to write myself a script in that case. I stay on. It is important to have notes yeah. so that you know what you're going to say. It is very important. One thing I would say about this is this is a frog thing. Have you heard of the concept of eat your frogs in the morning? No. So the concept is there are certain things in life that are tough to do. They are challenging. We don't want to do them. In general, when someone has a challenging thing to do, what do they do with it? They procrastinate. They put it off and then they worry about it for weeks and weeks. They procrastinate. It gets worse. Imagine I said, Christina, you had to eat a frog. I came to you in the morning. Let's say it's 9am Monday morning. I came to you with a big bell jar with a slimy frog in it and said, by the end of the day, you have to have eaten this frog. I stick it on your desk. It's staring at you, riveting, covered in slime. And then I walk off and leave you staring at the frog. What do you do? Well, I mean, if there's no way out of it, you might as well just get it over with. Once you've done it, and this is a horrible metaphor, but you get what I mean. Once you've done it, how do you generally feel afterwards? Relieved. 
And I used to have this frog when I was working for the landscape company. And my frog was at the end of every season, the grass stops growing, the trees stop growing. You have to let a certain number of team staff go. And that was my frog. If I put it off till the end of the day, how productive am I thinking about what I've got to do at the end of the day? You're not because it's just an even fatter gray cat. If I get it done first thing in the morning, I can then sit with them for a while and say, look, I'm really sorry this has to happen. Let me help you find something else. I can give my energy that way. And then when it's done, say it's done by 10 a.m., like I feel relieved. The other person feels relieved and they can move on with life. And generally, it's a release of energy. And how productive am I after I've got it done? Much more. Much more productive. And this client is a frog. And if you tackle it up front and eat it in the morning, get it done, you'll feel a sense of relief and a sense of progress that will allow you and free you to move on with other things. But 99% of people procrastinate over this stuff. And one way of procrastinating it is by drafting an email and taking time and writing it and leaving it in your draft box and then coming back to it and getting friends to read it and all of that stuff. And then your days later going, oh, I don't know if I should send this. Because just make the phone call, speak to the person, get it done. And it's incredible how relieved one feels after one's done it. (laughs) I feel that. If you eat your frogs in the morning, it's the worst thing that can happen in the day. The day can only get better. True. And you're not going to have to think about the impending frog eating all day. (laughs) Exactly. No one wants to think about impending frog eating all day. They just want to get it done in the morning. But that actually takes energy, but it gives energy. And this is one of those activities that if you just leave it hanging there, strips you of energy. If you tackle it, it gives you energy. And it's really fascinating. Really fascinating. So the quicker you can dive in and get it done first thing in the morning, the better, the better you'll feel, the more progress you'll make. Even if you need to have an hour afterwards just to like lie down and recover or go for a walk, you'll still get more done in the day than if you leave it all day just thinking about it. Yeah, that makes sense. So what's the plan, Christina? What's the next actions from here? Next actions, draw up my notes on why, uh, call the girl who I need to give a heads up to and then call them. And then it's done. And then it's done. And then I have to put Pinterest on my someday maybe list. I know it's not there. (laughs) And I will work on identifying the energy ups and downs, like what gives me energy and what does not, or what takes it rather. Because there are some things that strip you from energy and there's some things that leave you higher than when you started. Hopefully, this podcast is one of them. It gives you energy. It leaves you feeling better. And that's the plan, is to leave us inspired to do more and give more energy. If you're listening to this, you have exactly the same homework as Christina. Number one, you probably have a frog that you need to eat. Something that needs tackling. Something you've been putting off. Something you just need to do. If you've got one of those... Do it now. Just get it done. Whenever you're listening to this, you will feel better having done it. The second piece of homework is just for the next week or two, figure out what gives you energy, who gives you energy, 
and what strips energy and what takes energy away. And then we can start to mold your week to include more things that lift you up and remove the things that take energy away. We all have exactly the same number of hours in a day. The question is, how much energy, life, soul and juice do you have to put into those hours? Preserve it because you only have so much energy. Do the things that give you more. Put the energy into the hours. Have fun. We're not just doing this to make money. We're making money and having fun. So let's get more energy out of our days. Woo! You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.